So today's Bible reading is from Colossians 3 verse 18 through to chapter 4 verse 6. You can find it on page 1832. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favour, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for their wrongs and there is no favouritism. Masters, provide your slaves with what is right and fair because you know that you also have a master in heaven. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Over the last three weeks, we've been working our way through the book of Colossians. And this morning we get to what really is the, the practical end of the letter. And today, as I mentioned before, we're going to do something a little different because of that. I'm going to preach for a little bit less time than I normally would, and then I'm going to have a few people join me up on the stage here to kind of reflect a little bit about how this stuff works out in their own lives. So a slightly shorter talk from me, and then we'll hear about how pulling on those Jesus gumboots, how walking in Him makes a real difference for real people. But before we do that, because it's our last time looking at this letter together, I thought that we would walk our way back through this letter, reminding each other of what it is that we've learnt. So if you've got your Bibles open, I'd love you to turn to Colossians chapter 1 on page 1829. If you were here with us on our very first Sunday, you might remember reading from verse 15 of chapter 1 about what Jesus is like. See, Paul, who's the author of this letter, reminds us that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, that he's the firstborn over creation, he's the creator, he's the ruler of all rulers, he's the one who sustains this world, and he's our reconciler with God, and that means that he's also our future hope. Really, there's nothing else that Paul could have said to be more complimentary, more praiseworthy of Jesus. He's presenting him as Lord, as Creator, as Saviour, and as the ruler of all rulers. And I asked you in our first week, is that how you know Jesus? Is your view of Jesus big enough to incorporate these things? I think what Paul is doing here in Colossians is he's saying, if this is what Jesus is really like, why would you look elsewhere for meaning and purpose? 
But why would you look elsewhere for security? Certainly, why would you look elsewhere for hope? And we saw in chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, those verses that I've said to you are kind of the verses that summarize this letter. Now, they summarize it so well. Let me read to you again what these verses say from chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. They say, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, or as we've been saying over the past few weeks, continue to walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So the great encouragement of this letter is that having received Christ Jesus as Lord, that's the result of confessing Him in our lives, we're incorporated into Him. We're united with Him. We've been talking about that over the past few weeks as walking in Him. Not just next to Him or with Him, but actually in Him. That means we walk in the one who is the creator and the sustainer and the ruler, the one who is the very image of God. And so that means we share in what Christ has already done. Paul tells us then that we've died with him and been raised with him. And that means that we can be changed through his power. We saw that in the start of chapter 3, We looked at this last week. Let me read to you from verse 1 of chapter 3. Paul says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. As those who have received Christ Jesus as Lord, we have already died in Him. We are now raised with Him and we will one day appear with Him in glory. That's why Paul's encouraging us to walk in Jesus. It means that we have the power to cast off those behaviours that separate us from God. We talked about last week about casting off those behaviors as if they were kind of like a dragon skin if you missed that talk i'd encourage you to go to our website or track down trinity church only using your podcast app remember we participate in the casting off of our old behaviors we have a part to play in that but ultimately it's jesus work that makes us new and having cast off these old damaging behaviors Jesus clothes us with the clothes of heaven. You see, those who have been raised with Jesus, we already belong to heaven, to the age to come. Sure, much of it is still hidden. Sure, we still get things wrong in this life. We still have scaly bits of our old dragon skin left behind. But the reality is, is that we have been raised with Jesus into the age to come. And so we're to put on the uniform of heaven. Remember that heavenly uniform, it includes these great things. It includes compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience and forgiveness and love. 
great things to be clothing ourselves with, aren't they? Who wouldn't want to be known as someone who wears clothes like that? And so it's right, isn't it, for us to give great thanks to God because He's the one that stripped us of our old knobbly skin and clothed us with these new clothes. It's right to give thanks in God. And we see in verse 17 of chapter 3, this great crescendo of giving thanks to God the Father through Jesus. How the church is to praise Him, to sing songs to Him. Then we hit this week's passage. It comes as a bit of a smack, doesn't it, of the gritty reality of life. After those kind of lofty, esoteric heights of singing praise songs to God, Paul yanks us back down to the reality of life. Let me read to you from verse 18 of chapter 3. It says, Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. That might seem like an odd transition from giving thanks to these Simple, plain instructions on household life. But here's what I think the link is. See, as those who have received Christ Jesus as Lord, as those who have been raised into the age to come, we need to live as those of the new age. Not just when we're together as church, but in all aspects of our life. If we've been clothed with the clothes of heaven, those clothes are not just Sunday best clothes, but everyday clothes. We're to wear them at church, but we're also to wear them at home and at work. In other words, walking with Jesus, trusting Him as Lord, should impact every aspect of our lives. It should shape our church life and how we behave as a church, but it should also shape our home life and our work life. I wonder what's harder for you this morning, wearing these clothes of compassion and kindness and gentleness and patience when you're at church or when you're at home or when you're at work. What's the bigger challenge for you? You know, often when we get to passages like this in the Bible with such direct instruction, I think a, a question emerges for us. The question probably goes something a little bit like this. Is this instruction for them or is it for us? Is this an instruction for the Colossians or is this also an instruction for us Adelaideans? And if it is for us, aren't things a little bit different today? Should it still apply to us? That's particularly the case when our passage speaks of wives submitting to husbands and slaves obeying masters. We don't kind of use that language, so to speak, today, do we? What do you think? Is this applicable to us today? Here's what I think. I think the Bible is relevant and is applicable for us today. I think it does and should speak into our lives. But we need to be careful to make sure we understand what it does say And make sure we don't read into what it's not saying. So let's have a look closely at these verses and see what they're saying. Verses 18 to 21 speak about family life. And the 
research that I did in preparing for today seems to suggest that there were, in the time that this letter was written, household codes and rules that applied to Jewish and Greek households that share some aspects with these verses. But I want you to see that this is a a thoroughly Christian set of values and instructions. You probably most stumble with verse 18. So let me just address what I think Paul is not saying here. Paul is not making a case for the dominance of husbands over wives. He's not saying that. Rather, Paul is um, uh, speaking of equality that we have in our community. He's saying, wives, don't be doormats to your husbands. We know that because he's been speaking of equality already in this chapter. You can see that in verse 11 of chapter 3, where he says, we're all equal and united in Christ. Now, in the Colossians passage, he doesn't have anything there about male or female, but we see a very similar list in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. And I will encourage you to turn there. It's on page 1810. You might like to keep your finger in Colossians chapter 3, verse 11 as well. But I'm going to read to you from Galatians chapter 3. Paul says there, he says, So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For you are all baptized into Christ and have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Can you see the kind of similarities in equality being associated with being in Christ? In Galatians, Paul has said there's neither male and female. This is the equality that we share being united in Christ. And Paul hasn't changed his mind when he gets to Colossians. Now, I think rather what Paul is saying is something more like this. Wives, let go of the temptation to rule over your husband's lives because Jesus is the ruler. He is the head. And husbands, love your wives. Today, as I think through this, I can't help but recall those familiar wedding vows that many of you will have heard. You may have even said something like this. Where the husband says to her wife, love her, cherish her, honour and protect her in sickness and in health, forsaking all others, being faithful to her. And husbands, we're to do that even when the wife turns out to be just like you, a real human with bits of dragon skin still left behind. Love her and cherish her. See, Paul's not encouraging dominance here. Rather, he's encouraging love and respect that goes both ways. See, no one in the family misses out, do they? We're all either husbands or wives or parents or children. And Paul wants us to be clothed with the heavenly clothes in the home, in that place that we probably feel most private and most secure. Paul then moves in verses 22 to 25 to talk about how we wear heavenly clothes when we're at work. You might say, but what about slavery? Surely Paul should have used his limited scroll length that he had to say something about abolishing slavery rather than instructions on how slaves should live their lives. But when you read it, that's not Paul's point, is it? 
Rather, Paul is suggesting that those who walk with Jesus, he is the ultimate master and Lord. It's Jesus' lordship we've received. And he's a just, good, powerful and worthy Lord. And so when Paul writes to the Colossians, it doesn't matter whether you're a slave or a free agent, your master, he's saying, is the same as ours today. That's Jesus. Remember who he is, the image of God, the ruler of rulers, the creator, the one who sustains all things. Did you notice in the passage as well that obeying Jesus means obeying our earthly masters? It means we do our work, whatever that is, teaching, cleaning, building, caring, fixing, changing nappies, cooking meals, whatever our work is, we would do it well. And not just to earn favour with our bosses here on earth, but we do it as an act of worship, recognising that it's ultimately the Lord Jesus who we're serving. In a few minutes we're going to explore what this looks like for some of our people here with the panel discussion. Good questions for you to ask though. What would it look like if you work in your job serving the Lord Jesus as you do so? But before we get to our panel discussion, I want to end our time in Colossians just looking at verses 2 to 6 of chapter 4. Let me read these verses to you now. These verses say, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. It's a great passage for us to finish with our time in Colossians, isn't it? Why do we start new churches? It's because we want others to know of the mystery of Christ. That in Him reconciliation and hope and forgiveness are found. We want everyone to know that he can strip us of our dragon skin and that he can clothe us with the clothes of heaven. Paul's pleading with the Colossian church to partner with him in the mission that we share today, making disciples of Jesus. My prayer is that we as a church would too be faithful in the proclamation of Jesus, that we present him for who he truly is, as ruler, as Lord, as creator, as the sustainer of all things. It's my prayer that we'd make the most of every opportunity as we live our lives in this world, that we'd be clearly seen as those who wear these clothes of heaven, that we be known for our humility and our kindness and our gentleness and our patience and our forgiveness and our love. And that our conversations would bear witness to Jesus' work in our lives. And that as they do so, we'd keep pointing people back to him and his work in raising us to new life. It's a good passage for us to finish on in our letter to the Colossians is it shows us exactly what it means to walk in the Lord. Let me pray for us and then we're going to sing again. Father God, you are a great God. You are indeed worthy of our praise. 
Father, we ask that you would help us to wear your uniform well. We thank you that you are powerful and that you have stripped us of our dragon skins and saved us. We need you for forgiveness. We need you so that we can live our lives wearing the uniform of yours. Father, we give our lives and we want to follow you. Amen.